the story about Rudolph and his nose. But I'll tell you a Christmas tale that never has been told. Well, you may think you've heard it all, but you ain't heard nothing yet about that crazy Christmas that the North Pole can't forget. Rudolph was under the weather. He had to call in sick. So he got on the horn to his cousin Leroy, who lived out in the sticks. He said, Santa's really counting on me, and I hate to pass the buck. Leroy said, hey, I'm on my way, and he jumped in his pickup truck. When Leroy got to the North Pole, all the reindeer snickered and laughed. They'd never seen a deer in overalls and a John Deere tractor hat. But Santa stepped in and said, just calm down, cause we've all got a job to do. And like it or not, Leroy's in charge and he's gonna be leading you. And it was Leroy, the redneck reindeer, up to the front of the sleigh. Poppin' everybody, welcome to the TJTV Podcast, only on Spotify and Google Podcasts. You know, every year I try to do a funny song versus like a more serious song, because if you guys remember last year's episode of, uh, I think it was like the two episodes before the year in review, I did Donald Trump and Joe Biden singing uh, Last Christmas, but in just their own like weird comedic way. Anyways, welcome to the show, guys. We have an awesome show today. We are actually interviewing... A band called the Bad Mary, and they are actually really a a really good group of people. I got to talk to them before the show. Got to talk to them after. Really nice people. I mean, I personally enjoyed hanging out and talking with them for about an hour. Wow, <laughs> fucking computer. Anyways, um, sorry about the technical difficulties. So in any event, um, yeah, the Bad Mary. It was a great interview. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. It's about an hour and ten minutes. And you know what? I really enjoyed the interview. It was really a fun interview. Also, I want to remind everybody tomorrow, we have the top five interviews of 2023. And you know what? It sounds like a really it's going to be a really good episode. I already have my top five picked out. I'm really excited just to share who they are and what they're going to be doing because it's going to be a fun episode. And also, I want to remind everybody else, on Friday, we are doing the year in review 2023 as well. So I'm going to, you know, highlight everything that happened through my life throughout the year for 2023. And then we're done until probably January 13th or after or before. All right. So anyways, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. And, you know, maybe we'll have Tori or Sam say their final goodbyes for 2023. Uh, maybe. Who knows? We'll figure it out. All right. Well, enough talking for me. I'm done. And um, we're going to get on with the interview. So hope you guys enjoy it. And, um... More fun stuff to come in 2024. Anyways, all right, here's the interview, and I'll see you guys in just a moment. All right, I'm here with Amanda and Mike from the Bad Mary. They are, uh, I would say, a 
punk rock band, pretty much, with influences from Blondie, uh, the Ramones, Green Day. How are you guys doing today? Honestly, having a great day. Better now. Happy to be chatting with you today. So thanks for having us on. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> A-OK over here. Likewise. So what? how did you guys start? Because I know it's a, you guys are a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. So her dad, Bill, plays the drums and the professor, David, plays the uh, guitar. So how did that all like form? I feel like in the opposite order than you just like laid it out. Yeah. The husband and wife is the last thing that happened in the history of the band. Okay. <laughs> so um, basically, uh, I was born. No. Um, so my dad. Yeah. Ta-da. Um, well, the, the thing that holds us all together from the start is Hofstra University. So I was a student there at the time, same time Mike was a student there. David was my professor, was not ever Mike's professor, though they always played music together. And my dad um, was a student there during his last semester was my first semester. So like he'd always kind of been in the Hofstra community. And me, Mike and David were in a version of another band called David and the Hendersons which um, still exists to this day. It's made up of Hofstra students that are at the school at the time that like happened to play. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm telling the story from the very, very beginning of it. It's so, a very long yeah, story. So that's, that's, that's like a school party band that plays all of the drama department functions at Hofstra University, which is a university on Long Island in New York. Uh, for those of, you who, those of you who may not be acquainted, so then from there, there was a version of that band that Amanda and I were in at the same time. Uh, I had suggested maybe we we continue the band outside of the school. So then we were kind of doing cover gigs and stuff like that early on. And then uh, in 2012, or maybe about 2011, we as a band decided to write original music. Well, the, the thing about our version of it is that we, after graduation, were like the only group that all of us were staying local, pretty much. Like people come from all over the country, they go to Hofstra. So sometimes after graduation, it's like somebody was from like California, someone was from Connecticut, someone was from Massachusetts, and like everybody goes home. This time we were all like staying local to New York and had just spent the last year like playing all the parties together. And we're like, oh, do you want to maybe try to play some like local places or some fundraisers for, I went, uh, it was a theater department. So we had a handful of groups that were like trying to launch their own theater companies and doing fundraisers and stuff. So we're like, let's do some of that. Let's have fun. And then that's when. Yeah. So, so then we were, we were doing that. And then the drummer we had at the time had to leave. She got an internship down in Florida. So um, we needed a drummer. So Amanda called her dad. That's when I pulled that. I know a guy. Yes. And uh, her dad jumped in. He started playing with us while we were still a cover band. And then uh, around 2011, we decided that we wanted to start writing original music. We changed our name to Bad Mary. And we've been Bad Mary since pretty much the fall of 2012 uh, or the, the winter of the beginning of, of 2013. So, you know, Bad Mary as a unit has been called Bad Mary for... Um, uh, over 10 years now. And, um, but we've probably been a band, uh, for about 13 years and that's pretty much how it all comes together. It's really just the connection with their university and the family connections we all had there. And, um, it's been that way since, you know, it's been the same band for, uh, for over well over 10 years at this point. And, um, we're continuing to still record and, and do all sorts of stuff. 
it's kind of a very long story. So we can go as long or as short as you want with just that one question alone on how does this, how does this group exist this way? And then, yeah, somewhere along the line, Mike and I got married. Yes. 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 We were dating, we were dating for, you know, a few, pretty much, you know, a year or so after we had started playing music together, mm -hmm. we started dating and then, and then the band, you know, we, then we got married in, in 2016. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all kind of falls in place. It's very much become my family. I love it so much. Yeah. (laughs) What's it like playing with your dad? Honestly, awesome. Um, when I was younger, um, like in junior high and high school, I always did like, um, musical theater was my like after school outlet. So I would always be in like a local theater group or something my school was doing. And my dad played drums in the pit of a lot of those productions. So I grew up with him, like always around, always playing and knowing that like he was in bands when I was growing up. Um, he was in one band for like 15 years when I was growing up. So I always knew he was going out and playing shows and things. So knowing him in that environment, like I remember when I feel like things weren't quite as strict. I was like in a bar as a kid because my mom took me to like go see him play in a show that he was playing in. Cause they're like, okay, you can come in, but only cause you're with her. I'm like, um, so I don't know. He was the first person I thought to call when, when all of that was going on. I was like, okay, we want to keep playing. And I was like, no, I'd, I really think he'd be all about this. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's cool to see him like very much in his element. Um, but honestly being in a band with family is awesome. Um, and we, in being in this group for so long, have met a lot of other bands that have like family members or people that are married, or it's like a family connection in it. And it brings this other level of just like closeness to the group. Cause it's hard. Like we know we are friends with a lot of groups that people move away or people, you know, change their artistic vision and they don't want to be in the same project. And it's hard to, it can be very hard to keep a group together. And with this aspect of it, it's been, I don't take it for granted that I get to play music with my dad. Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we could keep doing it. <laughs> where did the bad Mary, where did bad Mary come from? So we were a cover band for a long time. Um, the name of that cover band was Madam X and if you do a Google search on that, it's a movie. There's like a bunch of bands with that name. There's venues with that. Yeah, name. There's a venue with that name in, in Manhattan. And when we decided to write original music, we were like, Hey, the first thing we're going to need to do is change the name because there's, um, there's no way we could use the name that we've been using. So we've had this kind of Facebook messenger chat that has gone on for the, pretty much the entirety of the band. Like we can search through it you know, uh, over a decade. And, you know, it was at that point in time where we were trying to come up with names that were representative of like what we were as a band, um, kind of fit the vibe was fast and easy to say and easy to understand. And then, you know, one morning at like six in the morning, David threw out the name bad Mary. Um, we sat on it for a little bit, you know, pretty much every react initial reaction to a bad name is like a band name is like, ugh. Um, it's hard because you throw it out there and then you like, you wait for the response. Um, so David threw it out there. It took us a little while to warm up to it. 
uh, only because I think because it was so early and we were woken, we just got woken up and kind of were like, oh, I'm not a morning yeah, person. I'm, so I know Mike rolled over and was like, how about bed, Mary? And I was like, shut up. I'm sleeping. Yeah. So, so that happened. <laughs> and, um, and we, we all loved it and we all ran with it. And David, you know, mocked up a logo um, within, <clears throat> within a few hours. And um, I think our first prototype t-shirts were made by the end of 2012. Yeah, the the two the two big things that we learned from Madam X, um, especially because it was just such a widely used phrase, is like okay, try to find something that like sounds familiar, but at the same time also like isn't everywhere, you know. So that was a big thing. Um, and I love, I still love D- uh, David's wife Sue had the best like reasoning. It's like you got to be able to to shout it out, and someone on the other side of a parking lot can hear it and understand what you're saying. Yeah, because that's the biggest thing too. Is we go see all these awesome bands, and then you go like, okay, what's your name? Hi, thank you. We've been thank you for listening. And it's like I don't know how to find you. I don't know where. So that was that was a big part of like. Yeah, it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick out because there's so much going on. We wanted to make it easy to remember. Um, and I think we did, I think we did that. I think that's something that uh, I think our name is, is memorable and it stands out. Especially I'm not with- Mary though. Yes. I will say I do respond to it. Like if someone is like, Oh, Hey Mary. And I haven't met them and I don't know who they are. And they're just saying, Mary, I'm not going to be like, that's not my name. But like, that's, I'm not Mary. That's yeah. not How often do you get that? Hmm? Uh, a lot. A lot. I do get it a lot. And I feel like it used to, I used to get frustrated by it a lot more in the beginning because I would get confused and be like, who's calling me? I don't know. And now I'm just kind of like, I respond to it. It's fine. Like I, I've embraced it. If you call me Mary, if you know, my name's Amanda and you still call me Mary, that's fine. That's, I'm, I'm here for it. Just thank you for listening. <laughs> now, do you, did you both have to take lessons? Like you're the vocalist, obviously. And Mike's the, um, the bass player. Did you two have to take lessons at all? Like beforehand, or was it just, like magically inclined, like were you guys born like that? Um, I definitely was born into a, a musical family. I will say that, which I um, am very grateful for because when I showed an interest in it when I was younger, like if I wanted to take classes or anything, there was no question. It was like, yeah, you want to take singing lessons? Go for it. You know, my dad was a drummer since he was a kid. Um, his father played guitar. My grandma, his mother was a vocalist and like a, a big band singer in a jazz band. Um, his sister played oboe in a symphony orchestra. So like everybody on that side had some kind of musical affinity. So it wasn't even a question. It's like, if I showed an interest in it, they were like, all right, sign you up. Um, so I, I'd always grown up with some kind of involvement in a music program or a chorus or, or something at any given time, there was always something turning. Um, what helped me a lot as I got older, because once I stopped really being in school, I stopped actively, you know, taking lessons outside. Um, but there was a program a couple of years ago that asked me to come in and kind of um, teach programs for like 11 to 13 year old kids on like vocal rock performance and things like that, things I never think about. So it made me go back and kind of like learn how to explain singing to somebody else. So I, I will say like, it's always helpful and kind of trying to go back and focus on the technique when you've spent so much time not thinking about it reminds you of a lot. Um, it's, I don't know. I think vocal technique, especially in, in rock and roll, you don't think about it often. You kind of just like go, okay, I'm just going to scream into a microphone, but like there's so much you can do uh, when you really break it down. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, Amanda, you obviously have the background in musical theater, where you know you've you've studied a lot, obviously naturally gifted as well. 
Um, I've been playing music since I was about eight. Um, I started with uh, trumpet. I actually went to college as a, a trumpet player. Um, I, I studied jazz music um, and performance. Um, and then when I was probably about 12 or 13, I started playing the bass where I pretty much taught, taught quote unquote, taught myself how to play it. But, you know, with the tools on the internet and, and doing all that stuff, I've been able to, um, you know, practice and, and keep up on it and, and use what I learned studying music in um in college and and high school and elementary school and all the theory and all that stuff being able to bring that along with me so it's uh, something i've been doing for forever so it's kind of part of the whole life experience there you know but but we don't like when we're writing songs and stuff we don't chart anything out we're not like super technical about it so there's definitely a balance <laughs> yeah, there's a simplicity to how we yeah, do things nothing's written down <laughs> which which is fine I, I actually think that's okay i mean you know I, I i like that if there's a natural kind of vibe to it i know plenty of people that chart the music out so I, I think it's it's to each your own and which which um creative space that you prefer to work in like which one is the most conducive to how you create and how you write and um and what you feel the most comfortable doing. So yeah, we're not like chart things out and worry about all the different time signatures and all that stuff. We kind of just play, you know, we have song ideas, bring it together, and then we figure out where we have to go from there. Wow. Well, on a side note, I did play the trombone actually. Whoa. Yeah, that that was a that thing was a bazooka carrying around. I played it for two years. I I think after the third year, I hated it. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, brass instruments are difficult in general, and uh, the trombone is not easy. And you're right, it's a bazooka. Much respect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in the school. Uh, I think it was a school band, like in middle school, and I uh, I enjoyed it because my sister was in it, so it got me to you know love music but once like i got to eighth grade i said i can't do this anymore i'm done i get it i get it you know it's you it's got a lot yeah it is a lot it's a lot it's a lot and you guys also create uh created your first album in 2013 titled better days as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. so what is the story behind that we yeah we we kind of just like i had songs that i had kind of put together before we were a band, um, a couple of them. And David and I discussed writing original music. And that's when, obviously when the name change happened and all that stuff. And then we just started bringing all these song ideas together. So Better Days has like kind of the biggest variance in style, musical style um, from song to song, yeah. I think out of anything else we've done. Cause you're we trying to like figure out like, okay, what's our vibe? What's our sound? What resonates the most with, ourselves what songs do we have the most fun playing yeah because we had just gone from covers you yeah. know so we're like okay what what is us yeah and that was kind of a, an album that we used to kind of explore that and i think you know if you listen to our subsequent releases you'll kind of have an idea if you go back and listen to better days like hey which which songs of these clearly are the songs that put the band in the direction they wanted to go in and um better days was a really cool time we 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 did it all diy in david's basement and we still record in david's basement today but obviously we've learned a lot and we have all sorts of different technology and all sorts of different gear than we had you know 
10 or 12 years ago. Yeah, Better so, Days was a was a home project and then we branched out for a little bit. Yeah. And then we came back and and started doing the, the yeah, home project again. Because going out and recording, you know, in a studio is so time and cost prohibitive that we enjoy the DIY approach of recording at the home studio because it gives us pretty much infinite time to do what we have to do. We can only record stuff when we're comfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, and- we do keep our own deadlines. So yes. we say infinite time, but we'll set a deadline for ourselves. Yeah out and you know what we try to stick to those as much as possible so even if it's like getting to uh deadline time we infinite time is uh (laughs) i would work on one project until it was completely perfect and never ever release it so infinite time can't happen (laughs) all right well infinite time for me meaning that like we're not getting brought we're not worrying about studio time we're not worrying about cranking out uh, an ep over the course of a weekend yeah which we've done and you know what uh we did some really good stuff i think i think our our EPs killing dinosaurs and we could have saved the world, which we did at studio G in Brooklyn, New York with uh, a producer by the name of, of Matt storm. Who's a terrific guy. Awesome. Um, really good guy. Still really active on the Island in the music scene, recording and doing all that stuff. Uh, we loved working with him. Um, it's just, you know, we had to work when the studio was open and, and from there we had to kind of figure out how to piece it all together. And we've learned as a band that we work way better when we kind of like, work stuff out and, you know, come in and maybe record bass and drums for three or four songs and then take, take and step back for a minute and then put the guitars on and then like step back for a minute and then maybe do some vocals. So we like to keep it that way for better days. You know, that's how we did it. We were figuring stuff out. You know, we recorded live band mostly in the room together and, and it was a really great time. And one of the songs on the album is better days. And, uh, we kind of just ran with that as the kind of title track of the of the album, even though that's really not like the single off the album, really. I mean, we do have a video for it, but those aren't that we, we don't actually play that one that frequently. I love that song. But though. it's a good, I mean, I like it. It's a great song, in my opinion. But it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of cool that the album is named after a song that like doesn't really get played that much, you know? Um, you know, the songs off that one that get played constantly, you know, Ninja. Well, Space Girl has Space a, her Girl, own album later on. You know, Forget About It. Um, um, <laughs> forget About It would be a fun album name though. Just yeah. Forget About Forget About It would be a fun album name. And we're also yeah. actually working on re-recording six of the songs from that album uh, for a new EP in 2024, which we're calling Better and then ER in parentheses, so better-er days. So um, we kind of wanted to celebrate that and record that with the more modern approach. With what we've learned yes. since uh, mm-hmm. we did it 10 years ago yes. uh, <laughs> before we knew what we were doing. With, you know, Band-Aids and, and bubble gum, you know, <laughs> like keeping it together. <laughs> but thank you for listening to that too. <laughs> yes. What is Better Days? What's the significant story behind Better Days? Is it just, is it just like, what is it? essentially it's like a you know i've always referred to it as kind of like and this is kind of i've referred to this as like even like earlier on before like this became even a thing i kind of said it's kind of like a millennial like it's a millennial rally cry uh better days the song it's kind of like um you know it's it's i think the song sounds like it's cheerful i think the way it's played sounds like it's cheerful but, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like um, the lyrics for me, but they were full of shit and I can't turn my lights on. Yeah. That's where it's just like, OK, I had yeah. all these 
promises and bright lights and open doors and all this kind of told. And what I'm seeing is like, no, it's really hard and I'm just scraping by and you know what, we're all on this rock together and I'm just going to do my best and <laughs> try to try to smile, but I'm losing it a little bit. And like, that's, uh, I've had better days. That's really, <laughs> it, it, there is a, there is a, you know, we are a cheeky band of people. Um, our songs aren't usually angry. If anything, they're bratty and, um, you know, a little tongue in cheek and, you know, there's a lot of sarcasm in there too, but, you know that yeah as amanda says that whole song has kind of been like i'm just trying to keep it together but see i just said it and now i'm smiling yeah, so that's exactly. also the effect like when i sing it for me like i know what it's about and like i we we all kind of collectively i feel like wrote the lyrics to that one yeah. that was like oh let's what rhymes with here oh this is a good you know and um after singing it it's like a a deep breath, a deep sigh, but like I'm always smiling at the end of that song because I was like, better days, woo! And like yeah. you you just keep going. <laughs> and how did the touring start? Because I know you guys tour you played actually at a warp tour, you played in Japan and toured through Japan, and you also played at the Dewey Beach Music Conference. So how did that all start from the beginning? So a long answer too. I I have nothing but time tonight. <laughs> Was Dewey was Dewey Beach first or Warped was first? Dewey Beach. I think Warped was first. Warped was first. So um, we we started getting festival play by applying um, around to festivals via usually Reverb Nation. Uh, we did a lot through Reverb Nation. Uh, we did a lot through a couple of other websites where you could, you know, apply yeah. to these things. Well, it was we, like we started playing local shows. Yeah, we played. And local, then we at the like, local yeah. shows, we would get like, oh, you should apply. Like people would be like, there's a festival coming up here. Go to this website. Mm -hmm. So like Mike said, like yeah. it started from the local shows and people kind of word of mouthing being like, oh, there's this thing that we applied to. You should totally apply. Yeah. So it was all about applying to as much as we could and seeing what, yeah. what we got into. Yeah. And we got into a bunch, uh, warped. We got, um, through a contest. There was a contest that the warp tour put out that we got that from, from that we were, you know, one of the bands selected via the contest. Cause, uh, you know, we had X amount of people, you know, click on our video and vote for us and stuff like that. And we were yeah. like kind of on the front page of the contest. It's like, kind of like a, a local virtual battle of the bands. Yeah. Um, yeah you know online uh vote for who you who you want to see play and our local fan base really showed up um yeah. and our our fan base um that it isn't local was like we really want this for you guys so it was it was really fun to kind of go through that process and see how that all how that all played out and that day that was that was bananas um and yeah, friends of ours had won the previous year and we're like okay so here's everything that we learned that we wish we would have done, or we would have done a little differently. And they gave us like all these like suggestions for here's how you want to set up your merch. Here's what all the things you want to have. So like that also helped springboard us into like, okay, we're going to prep and we're going to be ready for this. Yeah. And um, we've, we've kind of used that playbook. Yeah, no, we have. I think moving we, forward. We have, and that really taught us, you know, how, how you need to tour as a band. Um, a lot of the local stuff we've done or not local stuff, a lot of the, the uh, States-based stuff we've done, regional stuff, it's kind of just been by reaching out to clubs or clubs reaching out to us or people finding us through the internet and asking us to come to their city, uh, working with, you know, bookers at different spots. You know, we were just in Philly a few weeks ago. Uh, we're hoping to go back in the, in the winter or the beginning of next year. Um, Japan was another total, um, totally awesome experience. 
uh, there we were getting played on so uh, ter terrestrial radio uh, by a DJ by the name of Mike Rogers, who is still still very active uh, in the Japanese music scene. And he he was playing our stuff on his radio show. And we decided to reach out to him as soon as we heard. And we saw on Facebook, we were tagged in some posts like Mike Rogers show is playing Bad Mary on uh, whatever the radio station number is in, in Tokyo. So I reached out to yeah, Mike. We were like, what? We were first, like, yeah. we were like, what? Yeah, we, we like we like had to take a step back and we're like, what? Well, how did this happen? So we, how did he find us? Exactly. So I reached out to Mike and I was like, hey, uh, how do we get there? And he gave me some names and I contacted these people. And after I contacted those people, um, we got one person got back to us and was like, I'll book you guys uh, a tour. And we did six shows um, in about 10 or 12 days the first time. And then we worked with that same person for the second tour, which we just did this past summer in uh, June. And we got on Mike's show because we were getting played on the Rodney Bingenheimer show on Sirius XM channel 21, which is Little Steven's Underground Garage. Rodney is a legend in the um, rock radio scene. Uh, he was on K-Rock in Los Angeles for, for many years. Um, he was a, He's known for breaking many, many um, important artists. And Mike it Rogers- It was just his birthday. It was just his birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Rodney. And Mike um, Rogers, who was the-, the um, the person who was playing us in Tokyo, he used to work for Rodney uh, probably like 40 something years ago. And he, I guess, maybe watches, looks at the playlists of what Rodney's playing and, and checks out the bands because Mike's pretty, you know, neck deep in music. So pretty much we have to, we have, we owe a lot to, to Rodney uh, and Sirius XM in general. Sirius XM plays us quite a bit, whether it's on Rodney's show or we get played um, on the, the Kelly Ogden program um, there. And uh, we've actually had a couple songs get chosen for uh, Coolest Song in the World, uh, which is kind of like another station that's run by those folks and pretty much collect 721. Yeah, it's 721 or something like that. And that runs pretty much all of the quote unquote coolest songs of the world for like the month. Um, so we had a couple songs land there. And then we have to thank Mike Rogers for pretty much opening the door for us to get to Japan. And it's been great. Uh, we did two tours to Japan. The second one, was even better than the first one, um, which is almost unimaginable because the first tour was, was perfect. Um, the second one somehow was even better. So um, we love Japan. We hope to get back there, but now we're focused on doing more regional stuff to kind of get out of New York for a little bit. Cause we were out of New York for a long time. You know, we were doing a lot of stuff locally uh, not locally, regionally, you know, going up to Boston, going down to East Delaware, Coast. Going to, we'd love to go to the the West Coast yeah, and see that absolutely. nice bridge behind you there. Yeah, we'd love to get out to California. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Uh, we would just need a, need a, an excuse in a way. Um, but yeah, we're trying to we're trying to expand our our, our radius a bit. But um, so, so yeah, you might we'll be we'll be all over the place. To anyone, to anyone, and to answer your question also about touring and playing out, kind of doing festivals, getting on shows. It's a lot of kind of paying attention and submitting to, to anything, you know, if you see that you're, you might be a fit for something, or if you see that there's an event coming by, look a little farther into it and see if there's okay. Is there a website, not where I can buy tickets, but where I can submit as a performer, some yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, um, we kind of accepted early on that we're going to hear no a lot more often than we hear. Yes. And that's something that if you go into any creative field, you have to kind of have a thick skin and know, like you're going to get told no a lot. Um, so just keep submitting, keep emailing, keep putting yourself out there and the right person 
if it's going to click, we'll get back to you. Yeah. And stuff happens. Yeah. You got to get rejected hundreds of times before you get the yes. Thousands even. Yeah. <laughs> you guys said that because I work in radio. I'm a producer and uh, putting a demo out there to be on air is just, it's so hard. And like, I just had a, I went to a meeting today and he critiqued me. I told him like, give me the best criticism you can give because I just want to know what to work on. He was, he was impressed, but he said, this is what I want you to work on. And he told me, so, you know, I got to, you know, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, that's one thing I like about working where I work, but I hate it because like, I hate, like, I, I have a thick skin, but I hate having the thick skin and having the patience. It's just, it's too much. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You gotta like, you know. It's, 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 you know, get, it's, you have to get comfortable with, with that level of criticism, but sometimes I, it just, your patience wears out after a time, you know? I feel that, I feel that on the regular and, um, you know, I know pre-recording we discussed that we'd seen each other on the, on social media stuff. And that is also something that I have experienced a lot being as active on social media as we are especially if you run any any kind of campaign like when we first started promoting stuff off of um, trash and glamour which was our last ep the first real big video that got put out was the floor is lava david spent a lot of time working on that video and we kind of just wanted to see okay what kind of promo can that do and it was wild to be on the other side of these posts and see like, okay, if one post started off with a positive comment, then the rest of them are more likely to have positive comments. And you see there where it goes. If another ad, the same exact ad starts off with a negative comment, it's much more likely to all have negative comments and see where that goes. So to kind of like go at it with a clinical mind almost and like remove myself from it and be like, this is just it's all, this is all a game and I you just got to try not to take it personally. And it's like, it's wild to see why, to see why things go one way, things go another way. People say yes to one thing. People say no to another. I saw people have an argument back and forth with each other that I had no idea. I'd never met them. We weren't friends online. It was just like, they were from two different countries arguing over whether or not something was good. And I was like, this is wild to watch. So seeing it from that angle has totally changed my perspective on getting told like yes no we like it we don't because it's like there's so much out there that not everyone's gonna like everything and that's okay <laughs> yeah no it's it's a, it's 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 a mathematical impossibility but it's why it's wild to see the other side of that while that's actively going on <laughs> yeah people fighting over whether or not your song is good those if you don't really know if you don't know who those people are and they're having a heated argument about your song it's 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 hard to read the comments that are like this is why it's bad um but at the same time it's like kind of remarkably fun to watch like oh okay like like they didn't have it they we don't even know these people and and they've had this this interest in in something we've done whether they hate it or not so you know, kind of just got to roll with it the negative comments sometimes get me there was one guy who was getting like piled on by everyone disagreeing with his like negative but he kept coming back with stuff and it's like all you've done has ensured that this shows up in your feed for the next two weeks because this post is going to keep coming back to you guy if you really don't want to yeah. see it just don't comment he's like i hate it. this so much why do i have to uh, see this stop commenting then you won't thank you for it. your engagement friend like, yeah. that's the thing like i'm, I'm on tiktok and i do yep. horror and i i cool. do it 
footage, but like everyone who watches my videos and gives me hate comments, they're not realizing the people who give you hate, they're the one giving you more traction and more views and, you know, follows in my eyes. And that's what social media is all about. Like they're really just exposing ourselves to, you know, because they don't like us. It's, it's amazing how people think nowadays when it comes to social media, like they think like one hate comments going to, uh, stop them from watching us or listening to you but it's really not it's just gonna keep showing up like you said yeah no like just whatever (laughs) you know just i'm always like all right whatever like Um, thanks you know (laughs) uh thanks for helping us out folks even though you hate us you're doing us a favor so we appreciate that we appreciate your hate comments so thank you (laughs) do you read the comments at all or no oh all the time yeah all the time, yeah, all the time. I, I don't care they don't really get to me like i know there's a lot of people like don't read the comments like nah uh, i'm gonna read them all because a lot of times i laugh at them yeah they used like, to get get to me now i laugh yeah i laugh at them now especially when they comment like you know you comment on the song it's like okay yeah that's one thing um you know oh this song is is bad because of x y and z i don't like the chorus it's like okay yeah whatever but you know then they start like picking on what people look like which is mean but like it, it is, I just end up laughing at it personally because I'm like, what am I going to do about that? I, I always get the, and it's funny because they'll comment as if like you yourself aren't actively in the thread or won't reply. So I've gotten the like, why are her eyes so far apart? And I'm like, that's just my face. Like I just come back and what's up to you? She's very matter of fact. I'm like, just that's how it was born. That's yeah. just my face. Yep. <laughs> yep. You get, you know, and you that's gotta, how I see you kinda, it's like, it's like, you kind of got to love, you gotta, you gotta learn to like lean into and like love that. Uh, to a degree, you know, not if people are gross or like, you know, offensive, obviously, but like, uh, if you can tell yeah, me, to, we've tell gotten them- lucky. I will say we've gotten lucky with that. I'm going to knock on wood that like, we haven't had any real, like gross, um, nothing too bad. Yeah. No. You know, no. it's anything, mostly it's like just that I've gotten that is the cross-eyed one single about me. Um, so like, that's the worst it's been, but like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, when they'll, they'll say uh, that guy's hair is stupid or something. Um, and you know, what? uh, I'll, I'll laugh at that. Cause you know, I'm not cutting it. Okay. <laughs> it's you gotta lean into it, man. I, you know, it's, it's, we're in an era. It's like, I also love sarcasm and I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. No. And uh, you kind of just got to, you know, for me, my point of view with the whole thing is just like, first of all, like, yeah, that's awful. Like that someone would do that. And, you know, when people get their feelings hurt because someone says something mean about them in a video or in a video comment, like, oh yeah, I'm not, I obviously don't want that to happen to anyone. But, you know, when it happens with us, a lot of times it's kind of like, we laugh at it. And as a band, we're kind of like, that means we're doing something right. Right. If, if someone is, so enraged by our music or by who we are as people just by our face by our faces to go in there and just be like this bitch is the worst in all caps then i'm like all right i guess we're doing i guess something somebody's got to like it to that degree so um you know uh, i i i gotta i'll take it roll with it I, i just gotta roll out you know have you have you ever been so you guys have been offended by comments but like has anybody ever like threatened to like like say they're going to come and like attack you because they didn't like your music has that ever like happened to you guys yet or no no physical violence at this point no i did get a a christmas card in the mail from someone that i don't know so i i am moderately that was the closest that i'm like okay is somebody is that like a light 
touch of like a, Hey, I'm watching you. I don't know. That's the thing you got to worry about. Was Um, that that recent? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like two weeks ago. (laughs) It was like two weeks ago. And I'm like, do I know this person? I don't think I do. And then I saw a picture and I was like, no, I don't. Okay. I don't know this person, nor do I know where they're from. Um, So actually that is where my brain goes first is okay. Serial killer. Like there was no in between. It was not like, okay, maybe I knew this. Maybe I signed up for a service that was like, okay, do I know this person? No, immediately to serial killer. So that's, yep. That's a good jump. That's a rational jump to make. You know, that's totally, totally normal. I mean, I kind of have a same similar. (laughs) I, uh, I made a series on TikTok where I went on the dark web, quote unquote, and I'm being followed by these guys. And then on Saturday, I saw something on uh, I saw something on Yahoo. It said my Facebook verification code for my password. The number is, and it gave me a six digit uh, digit number. I'm thinking like, I didn't change my password at two in the morning. Got the same message this morning at nine a.m. and I'm like, I think I'm getting hacked. And so like I I understand like it's like people out there are nuts and they're going to mm-hmm. do everything they can to either but it's like shut you up or you know, follow or stalk. No, it's true. It's true. You got to be careful and you got to, we got to be careful about that. And when you're, when you're in the public eye at all, you know, you got to be, you got to be careful about that and, and, you know, set up some boundaries, I guess, but you know, we've been lucky. We had a guy climb on stage once that then got removed from stage. Well, 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 there, the, we've had people climb on stage that were welcome to climb on stage. There was, there was, was a, a guy very... that went to grab you while you were singing on stage that's a little different. It's a little different. And security, I've pulled people up. It's a very yeah, different situation. Yeah, it's different than like pulling someone up to do a stage dive. This guy was like trying to pull you off the stage. Oh, and, that's... Uh, yeah, it's really scary. And uh, security threw him out. So yeah. did people jump up and crowd surf? Yeah, this? actually not. It's it's weird for the first like we've gotten oh. more recently. We've gotten more circle pits. Yeah, like that's been a new. For the last, the last, the first eleven years of the band, right? If we've been, if we've been bad, Mary, since 2012, and it's 2013 now. So obviously, the first ten years of the band, um, we had very few instances of like crowd surfing or stage diving, mosh pitting, circle pits, things like that. You know, we've had like the the skank circle or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. We've had very, very little instances of that. A lot of dancing, though. A lot of dancing. A lot I of did. We dance around a lot, so people dance with yeah, us. Yeah, ha- having fun that way. Well, usually people get into it that way, but never like the other stuff. Um, there was one show that we played, I want to say in like 20, 2014 or 2015, where it was like we were the third band at a matinee show where the band right before us was six, a bunch of 16 year old kids at the time. And, you know, we were we were older than they were, but it was like one of those shows where it's like it, it was, was like all ages show, all ages show. So like six, 15 or 16 plus. And it was one of those days where the parents just dropped their kids off at like two in the afternoon. And they're like, we're picking you up at eight. So listen to music all day. And that was the first time we ever had kids mosh. And it was like, you could feel the high school angst just like in the room because all these kids are like, all right, yeah, I need to annihilate something right now. And they were safe and everyone was fine. Yeah, uh, no, it, it was, was a good time. It was a venue that sadly isn't open yeah. anymore by us, but was like one of the local like great spots. Yeah, yeah. Um. But um, I think we were like throwing things from stage because yeah. we usually throw something. So we were, it was... we were really, yeah, we were just kind of doing our normal, our, our wacky stage antics and the kids got really into it and they were moshing around having a good time and it was safe and everyone had fun. 
Um, yeah, no, and, no broken limbs. Yeah, nobody, nobody got punched. Um, and then we had our first crowd surfers and stage divers in Japan uh, on the last tour, the, the uh, tour in June. You know, like Amanda just said, she went to like grab someone's hand from the crowd to like give them a high five or something. The guy grabbed her hand and like that's what you up. do, right? To like get them to pull them up on stage. So she pulled them up on stage, and he stage dove. And then a couple other people did it and they danced on stage and they staged over, which was really cool. It was really cool. It was like not disrespectful at all of our space on the stage. And, and it was just like, and they kinda, got, people caught them, which is yeah, always, I get yeah. nervous when people just jump and I'm yeah. like, please catch them on the, Oh, thank goodness. It was, okay. You know, it was like an, you know, it's like they, they felt like they were at an old school punk rock show, which is kind of what we want to do. Right. When we go out and perform. And now since we come home from Japan, we've noticed that, we're starting to get like the mashi circle pits that obviously, you know, they're not hyper violent to where they're like exclusionary. Yeah, it's just, just kind of like flaily arms. Yeah. People- I got, I got, I did get punched in the face at not the last show, but the show before that, but it wasn't like, it didn't hurt. It was just kind of like a, and then the person was like, Oh my God, are you? Cause it was like a, I did punch you, but it, I didn't break you and we're good. We're friends. And then we became friends and then we continued to, to circle yeah. dance. And it was yeah. Nice. It was, it was cool. It's been cool that we've, we've had that. And I- I have to shout out our friend Alexis, though, because this happened at a show in between. This was a place in Brooklyn where it wasn't quite a circle pit, but it was definitely like um, one of our thrashier sets. So there were arms flying. And when this question gets brought up, I always shout her out because, yes, she did get punched in the face and she was not expecting that at one of our shows. Yeah, she got Um, got punched by mistake, by mistake. So it has happened. It doesn't usually happen. I can't guarantee that you won't get punched in the face, but we don't. Um, it's not a common occurrence. Yeah. I mean, that and, answers it. Well, it could be worse. To, do, and people's never like, I'm guessing no one's ever like thrown a phone up at you guys like they've been doing recently. Oh, geez. No, no. they've thrown either like I'll throw blinky rings or stickers or candy. And sometimes I'll get one of those like back in our direction. But that's the extent of it. No, I've seen that. That terrifies me of getting like a full like, oh, yeah, I brought my bowling ball to your concert. Here it is. What do you do? Yeah, like, yeah, I, what do you... <laughs> I don't get why people throw phones. You're not or, getting or that phone like... back. Also, what, what no, do you I'm want me tra- to do I'm, with it I'm now that I have phone, your phone? Taking the phone, resetting factory settings, and I'm going to trade it in Apple. No, the water bottle, I can almost understand because it's like, ah, thank you. You thought I was thirsty. Maybe there's some use to this. It did impale my face, but like whatever. But the phone, I don't get. Yeah, the phone. I don't get why people are doing that. I think they do it like they press record to see like and when they throw it, I guess they can see like the reaction and like I guess the first person point of view is if that's the right terminology coming towards the concert or coming towards the stage. I think that's what they're going for. Maybe I don't know. Are, are they hoping it's going to save to the cloud and that they'll get the video back when they have to ultimately buy their next uh, yeah, listen, device? If you, if you got that if you got that iCloud or Google cloud or whatever, you'll just pull it down from the cloud. Cause like, if you have the kind of money where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to hit record on my phone and throw it yeah, and just see this... what happens on the next phone that I buy with the money that me, I need to spend on it. That's crazy money. dollar device at a musician. Yeah. That's, that's a level of money. I don't understand. Like I, I have all this and just see what happens. <laughs> my TikTok got seven views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've seen a lot with i mean i've been to a few concerts this year and um i mean some of the things i see it's just bizarre like 
I remember we went to, my wife and I went to uh, Eric Church and we saw a fight in front of us. There was a fight behind us. Um, then we went to uh, to uh, Disturbed in uh, the summertime. And I thought the coolest thing was Dave, the uh, singer, he brought a six-year-old kid who was in a mosh pit up on stage so he didn't get attacked. And I thought that was really awesome. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, that is cool when they're looking out like that, you know. It's like, hey, little friend. <laughs> Maybe get out of the deep end there. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn to swim, but, you know, maybe not this way. Has that ever happened? Like a fight ever break out in between your shows or oh, no? Thankfully, uh, no. At our last show, the band that played after us proceeded to jump off the stage okay. and fight each other. Okay. But they do that at the end of every show. That so was, they're fine. That was, not, that was not real fighting. I mean. That was just buddies wrestling can say? and having a good time. It was, they were wrestling. They were, they were doing like, yeah, we're horsing around. Like, you know, see, I grew up with a younger brother. Dan so I understand, nice I, I understand what that is. 100%. Is that part of their act? They just like, yes. fight? Oh, they like really? wrestle. They were like wrestling. They were like, you know, grappling and stuff. They weren't like swinging, throwing, throwing. throwing no, hands. but you if you didn't see it in the background, you would just be seeing Dan playing guitar by himself. But like, oh, this is nice. And then you slowly veer to the left and they're all just fighting Amazing. in the corner. Like, yeah, it was, oh, yes. It was great. I loved a it. A tranquil evening. Yes. Bizarre. I mean, I've never seen that. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> That's uh, friends of ours, the Naughty Boys. If you don't know them, check they're them very out. Good. Very they're, good band. They're a great band. Another Long Island, uh, mm -hmm. Long Island band. And you guys, so you guys are based out of New York. You were always based out of New York, I take yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. We've been, we've been a New York band the whole time. And, uh, you know, between New York City and Long Island, it's it's that's kind of where our home is in terms of uh, where we play. Yep, we and played where, out east and then we played. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Manhattan. kind of where where home base is and where we do all of our stuff. Wow. How many hours do you practice a night? We as a band typically practice um, at least once a week and then um, sometimes twice a week. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. We do like two, every Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesdays we do. and uh, Sundays. And then depending on if we're actively recording and writing it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be more than that. It varies. Um, but typically it's, yeah, every Tuesday night we do a live stream on Twitch and um, Facebook and YouTube and TikTok. We do all that at the same time. Uh, that starts typically around seven 30 Eastern time, usually goes till about nine or so. We practice a little before that. And then a lot of times on Sundays we'll get in the room and we'll, work on new music. We'll practice our songs. So we know how to play them. We'll run yeah, through we'll sets. Run through old songs. Yeah. We'll do all that stuff. And that's, I will record. So, you know, typically on a given week, I would say that we probably practice anywhere from like four to six hours. And then other nights we're doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're doing, doing, you know, being in a band, it's not just, you know, recording and practicing and performing, even though, you know, that's that's great that's the most fun aspect of it but you know a lot of the other aspects are prepping your post for the week and you know cool. sending out emails to get gigs doing podcasts like this that we we love doing these shows so we're uh, we're totally um totally diy yes. so there's it's the this the stuff that we all love doing the most is the play the shows that's like when we're out playing live, like that is if I could do that for all the time, that would be awesome. Yeah. So it's like, there's the tip of the iceberg is there. And then it's the practice record, I guess, live stream mm -hmm. for us. And then it's like getting to speak to um, different people on like podcasts or interviews or talking with different outlets and, and getting to kind of um, 
I don't really think it think and talk about what we do, which helps the doing because I feel like I don't analyze stuff no. so much while we're doing it. And then we'll sit in an interview and it's like, what did you feel about when you wrote this song? And it's like, you know, I never really got to sit and think about it. So um, yeah, so that's a whole other yeah, part of it. And then, back, yeah. yeah, the underneath is the, the Instagram posts and the emails and the applying for things and the editing and all the yeah. underneath. So it's. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's a lot that goes into the pie here. I like pie. Pie is good. And <laughs> it's one of those things where we we enjoy it. We enjoy a lot of it. You know, uh, social media, the social media side of things can get frustrating a lot uh, just because it's like, it's so much of the same mundane work, but, you know, playing shows, writing music, recording, uh, doing interviews and podcasts like this are like, you know, that's what we always look forward to doing and kind of the day-to-day slog of stuff is sending out the emails to people so so that we can get more shows and trying to book shows and uh, doing the social media posts and sending out emails and you know all stuff like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's it's a it's all it's a lot of work, but the work is so rewarding because when you get on a stage and you perform, you know, locally, yeah, that's great. You know, we know we know the local audience is 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 all about it and who our, our local fr- fans and friends are. But it's friends, friends, friends. Uh, It's amazing when we go when we go out uh, out of New York, right? Whether it's um, Philadelphia, Boston, um, Connecticut, or you know Tokyo, it's amazing to see how the music resonates and connects with people in other places. So that kind of makes all of the the grindy work that we have to do on a regular basis worth it. Because in the end, it's like that's the end goal. And the fact that people can connect with us all over the world because of the the work that we put into our social media presence, um, that's amazing. And the payoff is so much so worth the 10 minutes while you're sitting there editing an Instagram post. Now, when you guys would do Twitch streams, was that before or after when the, uh, the pandemic happened? So we yeah. we started um we started streaming live to Facebook, I want to say in like 2018, maybe 2017 or 28, like as early as you could stream to Facebook, we took a cell phone and taped it to the ceiling and just hit play. So like we didn't have the soundboard or anything like we didn't have a mix going into it. It was very raw of like, here's the one camera shot and we're practicing and this is just us hanging out. Um, So we had started doing that and did that weekly during our practices, basically to kind of like raise the standard of our practices for ourselves almost because it was like, no, we have, there is another eye there. So we need to play and make it like, like we're performing, we're practicing to perform. Let's, let's put it all together. And over the next couple of years, it got more, more involved, especially as David really like built the home studio. Um, it, veered from just being the single iPhone cam on like a a tripod thing to now like a five camera multi-stream that has a soundboard that mixes into an app that splits it into like five different streamers over different platforms and everything. So it, it started with one and definitely grew before COVID um, to, we, we had the multi-cam before, before COVID or no? No, we didn't. I thought um, that we, no, we didn't. Um, we put that in place when we started using Streamlabs and Twitch. Okay. So before COVID we were running, we were running the sound system 
through logic into an iRig, into a phone. And then over COVID, when everything kind of stopped, um, we couldn't play live anymore. Amanda and I, because we're lucky to um, you know, obviously be married and living together, um, we started doing acoustic streams every Tuesday night directly just to Facebook. And then David and, and all of us, we started talking about Twitch. And then David started really reading into Twitch a lot. And then from there, we started using a program called Streamlabs. And from using Streamlabs, he figured out all these cool things you could do. He bought a bunch of cameras, a bunch of webcams that are set up all over a studio. He had a studio completely rebuilt and redone. And um, by the time it was cool for us to kind of like start getting back together again to play, he had this whole new studio set up with all these cameras and a way to control them. And that's when we really started to push more into Twitch. But yeah, we've been doing the live stream thing for, for many, many years now. I would say like, I would say probably six years. Yeah. We were I, doing I it on Patreon we, and all that stuff. Pa yeah, no, Patreon, we like live streamed the whole um, writing process yeah. of the Return of Space Girl yeah. album. So we didn't play any of those songs out. We only played them on Patreon. So if you were... A supporter on that you got to see the entire album process from beginning to end recording everything on live stream yeah. um i think if we hadn't been so active in other areas of streaming before covid i don't know that yeah. we would have picked it up as quickly and integrated it into everything else but because we had that like groundwork of like no we're used to streaming we made it more we were playing live shows every weekend. So yeah. instead of that, we were like, okay, let's try to channel that energy instead of the, we're hanging out in the studio, writing music, let's channel the show energy into the stream. And it became a totally different thing. Yeah, no. It, and we love doing the streams. It's, it's a different way to watch live music, but uh, it's, it's almost the, it's almost the live thing, right? It's very, very close to being. There. It was, it was weird at first going from playing live shows to just streaming was very weird at first. And then going back from just streaming to playing live shows again was very weird at first because the way you interact with the crowd is entirely different. So I'm used to making eye contact. Like I'm half trying to like be a screen with you right now, but like I'm used to making eye contact with the people that are right in the front and in the middle of songs, like we'll chat, I'll throw something, we'll have like a back and forth. And the energy is the energy in the room. When you take that out and now it's just a camera and messages in a chat box on the side, that was so weird at first. That was so weird to be like, okay, we're going to sit in a room that's like dead silence for the first like two minutes or so. That's just Mike and I chatting while, okay, now there's a running sidebar of things that now I have to hop into and try to pay attention, but there's a show, but there's also this, but then now we're talking, are you reading comments or am I reading comments? So it, it, that energy flow was so wild to step into. And then, yeah, stepping back into a real room of people and then not having the sidebar chat where I could go reference what somebody talked about a couple minutes back and bring it back or things. I was like, no, now I'm in a room again with people where I can look right in your eyeballs and to try to come up with words at, like off the top of my head, then it took a bunch of shows to kind of get back into that swing. So it's, yeah. I don't know. It's streaming, streaming's a, a wild animal. <laughs> it is. And it's fun. And, you know, we have to be really thankful for it because, you know, when, during the pandemic, when we were doing the acoustic shows on Tuesday nights, you know, for us, it was just a way for us to play and perform and connect with people. And for a lot of people that would watch us, it was kind of like just a little, a little, you know, hour of joy 
right? On a time that was very, very difficult. So we're really happy we're able to have that for each other. And at the same time, that kind of falls into our whole, like why we do this thing in the end anyway. Like our, yeah. our idea for performing is to, to give people, you know, uh, some sort of escapism so that they can, you know, find a half hour or an hour um, of, of fun and just have, have a good time for, for an hour, uh, whether it's at a club or it's on Twitch or something like that. Yeah. So it, we're really grateful for that. I didn't, re- I didn't realize until we went back and played our first show. Mr. Beery's is like our home base bar um, near us. We've been playing there. Anytime we play a new original song, we play it there first. Um, when we started playing there again, I had people after our set, like, tell me, like, thank you guys for playing when we were all locked at home. Thank you for, for opening your base where, you know, we're in our house right now. So like, thank you for opening that little window. Um, that's what I look forward to every week. That's what kept them going. And for us, like we would see their comments and chat and everything, but it took a while to have that conversation with someone that was like, no, you, you really kept me going through that time. And it's like, you don't understand. You kept us going through that time. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, it was, uh, yeah, it was- I, I'll keep saying the same thing. It's yeah. uh, we're just thankful for the people that are, are here for us, have been here for us and helped us all get through that wild bubble of time. <laughs> yeah. It's been a journey. It's been really cool. I was going to agree with uh, what you were saying between streaming and performing live. I mean, when I first started doing this, I would do everything pre-recorded and then I would start going live on Facebook and doing my shows, whether it's interviewing somebody or talking about whatever. And then I started going back to recording. And every time I go live now, I feel I get social anxiety going live because it's live. I'm going to mess up some way, shape or form when I'm recording. If I stumble over my words doing an interview with you guys, I could just quickly go in Adobe and edit that out if I want to. Yeah, yeah. Live. So like I, I get that completely. We've learned that. And it's part of who we are as a band and it's part of the vibe. I think that we carry as a band and as people um, making mistakes on a live stream is just part of the fun. It's just, we, we turn that into, into like a feature. I've, I've fully embraced it yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I, during COVID, um, I taught myself how to play ukulele. It had been sitting in the corner of my room for like two years. I was wildly unemployed. Uh, I had like nothing going on. Um, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick, pick it up and teach myself ukulele. And I would start streaming it and was very open about like, this is not perfect. Like I am not I'm not pretending to be good. I'm learning. I'm actively learning the song as I'm playing it right now, but that making myself do it that way made me keep doing it also because I wasn't concerned with being perfect while I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it's part of the whole personality of it, right? It's kind of the fun of it. It's kind of the, you know, we're kind of, it's, it's relatable, right? I I have to push myself through that door and I, I referenced it at the very beginning, but like, I am very much, and I feel like you, the, the work I put out or myself as a person might not reflect it that much. Cause I feel like I am a bit of a mess a lot of the time, but like my, my ethic is always very like perfectionist. So I have to go the complete opposite and like push myself out the window of just like, just do it when you're not ready for it. Otherwise, like I know I yeah. never will. So that it, it's almost like my, this is the core of me is like a perfectionist. I want everything to be perfect and in its right spot. And it's like, just no, just go, 
<laughs> the beauty of it is that it's not perfect. Right. Right. Oh, uh, so I guess I'll do one more question before sure. we get. What are you guys doing for the holidays? Do you have any plans? Um, going to sleep. <laughs> no, um, yeah, family stuff usually. Um, you know, we both have we both have sizable families, so um, it's a very, a very normal non rock star style holiday. You know, uh, we get together with our families and eat a lot of food and and uh, and lay low actually as a band. Um, we had our we had our holiday disaster yes. earlier this month, so yeah. December eighth was uh, my dad was our drummer's seventieth uh, birthday. So we celebrated it in big raucous bad Mary fashion. Um on the we also have an annual holiday disaster party. So everybody gets all dressed up in their holiday best or worst. Uh we have a grab bag that has amazingly terrible presents. Um, and it's just a, a really fun night. So that was earlier this month. And then usually around um around late December through like mid late January, we kind of take a little bit of a, of a hiatus from band stuff and just lay low and hibernate for a little bit. So that's our like actual holiday plan. Yeah. But the holiday disaster was a really fun night. So that's that usually was... like, yeah, the holiday disaster party that we, uh, that we have here locally, it's usually with like three other bands that we're very close with. And one of them might have a horn section. Yes. Usually. And the way it works out is like, that's usually like our last thing of the year. We do this big, you know, it goes far too late. Um, there's too there were much, two sheet cakes. Yeah, there, there, there's candy, <laughs> there's, a there's lot of treats, cake. there's there's like Amanda said, there's a grab bag full of like gifts where I just tell the people in the room, like, come up and get, grab something, and you might get a, a little Hot Wheels car or a can of beans or a socks, I think or there socks. socks in there. So it's 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 this big cranberry wild, sauce. Yes, somebody dig your cranberry sauce. It's this big, wild, like crazy party night that we have to kind of like kind of end the year, celebrate the holiday. In this case, it was also celebrate Bill's 70th birthday. And then we as a band are going, all right, we're going to take some time off. We're going to maybe maybe if you're in your own corner, maybe write some stuff, maybe come come up with some stuff if you want to sleep, sleep, enjoy the enjoy the time you have to kind of lay low, because once we get like into that, like spring and summer, well, pretty much once we get into like the new year. Um, you know, February ish, it's, it gets brought back to recording and prepping for more shows and getting ready for spring and summer tours and putting out new music. And, and then the grind starts up again. So by the time we take that break at the middle of December, every year, we are pretty much completely tapped out and it is the perfect time for us to rest and recharge and catch up on our Netflix queue, play your video game backlog, you know, uh, read some books, write Maybe write some music on your own. If you want to Sweet. eat cake. And Eat sleep. Cake. And then sleep again. <laughs> yeah, and then sleep again. Uh, thrilling. <laughs> how about I, you? <laughs> how about me? Uh, pretty much my wife and I are just going to lay low. Um, after, on Friday, it's the last episode of the year where I do a year in review for like oh. everything podcasts. Um. And my wife also, she actually plays piano. She's learning how to play, uh, play the piano a little bit. So so maybe she'll work on that when we're uh, off. But we're off for five days, which is nice. really great. I love being off. But um, nice. yeah, after that, I'm going to lay low and then uh, probably hop back on the podcast in um, January, probably after my birthday. Very nice. Very cool. Very happy cool. birthday. Yeah, happy early birthday. Thank well you. I, I will say a, uh, a holiday tradition that starts on Thanksgiving and then um, there's a day in between where the family gets together that doesn't happen and then it happens again Christmas Day 
is my dad uh, brings his guitar. You bring a guitar. I play ukulele. Um, it, my aunt, they have a whole bunch of instruments in the house. So like there is a point in the night when everyone has had a couple too many drinks that we uh, kind of hang out and play some music and I'll, I'll do a whole big, very loud uh, sing along. Yes, that will absolutely so that happen happens. on Christmas Day. That definitely so. happens. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of weird gifts, I'll never. This is a side note. Uh, but I was at a friend's party and they were giving out gifts, and my friend was like, "Reach into the bag and grab something." I grabbed out this like wooden stick. I'm like, "All right, well, what is this for?" And then they're like, "Oh no, there's another piece to it." So I grab it. It was a plunger. And uh, and I went to high school with these guys, and they were like, "Hey, you know what TJ grabbed? He grabbed a plunger from our uh, gift basket." I was like, "Great!" I was like, "Thanks for uh, telling the whole school that." So I know exactly <laughs> what it's like with exotic gifts. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Never a bad thing to have a plunger. You never know when you need one of those. You never know. It'll come in handy. Put it that. No, oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. This is actually, uh, I like this interview is probably one of the best last ones for 2023. I always try to have like one interview before the end of the show, but, uh, you know, I yeah. enjoyed it. Thanks for having us. We were happy to be here. It's nice to talk about all this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Cool. A lot of fun. And when you guys come to Philly, maybe we could all meet up one day and then we'll, uh, we'll do be, something. That'd be great. We're trying to, uh, we're looking to in 2024. So we'll definitely hit you up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And uh, this will be up tomorrow around five o'clock. All Eastern. right. Cool. Just uh, send it our way and we will post it everywhere. Likewise. So where can people find you real quick before you go? Yeah. Uh, so on all the things, we are at Bad Mary Band. That's all one word at Bad Mary Band. That where... is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, X. Um <laughs> Uh, threads, uh, you know, my space. We're not on MySpace. Oh, we should be on MySpace. We should. Uh, we should go say hi to Tom. Anyway, and yes. wherever you listen to your music, uh, we're we're Bad Mary. Bad Mary, or you can just Google us at Bad Mary. And you're on XM as well, uh, Little yeah. Stevens uh, Underground Garage. Little Sorry. Stevens Underground Garage. We get played there quite a bit. We actually we just played there last night. They played our Christmas, uh, one of our Christmas songs. They played Angels We Have Heard on High. Oh. Uh, we we have, do have a, a Christmas EP out also, do. a very bad Christmas. Yes. Um, and normally we stream every Tuesday night, uh, 7.30 or 8 p.m. Eastern, mm -hmm. depending if it's full band or acoustic. Yep. Uh, you can find us at twitch.tv slash badmaryband. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks again. Thank you. You have a good night and uh, enjoy the holidays. You too. Thanks. Man, that was a really great interview. That was so good. I love that. You know, I was actually talking to them too. Like, you know, maybe in the summer when you guys come to Philly, we'll have a, like another interview and then you guys can perform live. I love live performances. I really do. Like, here's the thing. Like, whenever I hear a live performance on the radio, I get really excited because I, it just feels like you're getting a private concert. And I've had a couple live performances as well, like on the show with Paul Keene and Kevin Bentley and uh, Stranger Than Normal uh, and uh, Tom, Tom Curtis, Jake Dillon. I mean, I've had a lot of good performances on my channel.
And you know what? I really enjoy it. So, you know, hopefully we can do that in the summer coming up. That'd be really great. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, like, subscribe, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And, um, yeah, that's really it. Also, I got to go Christmas shopping today, which is going to be fun. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Love you all to death. I'll see you guys later. And, um, bye.